men, leader, mentor, friend, Pastor Frank Damasio is with us. So just to let you know, he um, started off on Friday night speaking to our Vision Builders Initiative here at Grace Avenue Church. As we're taking new ground as a church, he came and spoke into our Vision Builders gathering, did an amazing job. So many were encouraged and empowered in that night. Then yesterday, did two powerful sessions with, with anyone and, and everyone who serves and volunteers here at Grace Avenue Church. So he poured out there, and then today, this morning, he's pouring out again three full services. And this is a man who, just a couple of years ago, was literally given a death sentence and said, you know, the cancer is taking over. The likelihood of you surviving is, is not, not possible, not really going to happen. And God brought him through that, healed him of that. He's now cancer-free. And he is changing the world again and making an impact. So uh, last night I'm flipping through the stations and he's speaking on Hillsong Channel. And I'm thinking, this is just too cool that he's speaking on Hillsong Channel at Hillsong Church. Back where I went to college. And here he is with us this morning, speaking in all three services and just pouring into us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's been not only a, a leader to me as I picked up uh, his book, which is back there, The Making of a Leader, about 15 years ago, really began to impact my life and shape the way that I thought. And even then, looking at that book, I, I joked last time, it was like when Luke Skywalker, you know, reaches out in the, and the lightsaber flies into his hand. It's kind of like this book flew into my hand and just started shaping some of the way I, I lead and think about God and biblical leadership. And so I'm excited that today he is going to pour out his heart. This message is going to be incredible. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand up and honor Pastor Frank as he comes to take the stage? Thank you, thank you. You may be seated. I guess I'm Obi-Wan. <laughs> and here with Luke Skywalker, this is, uh, this is where it's at. <clears throat> uh, I just have to compliment you on your music, your worship, your, and, and so much fashion on the platform. Uh, I, just, I just really like to see that. Uh, great young church, young couples, young people, and in-betweensters and oldsters and all of us together. Uh, we make up the thing called the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen. Uh, so how many of you are brand new to Grace, like this is your first Sunday? Well, welcome. Yes. Thank you. First time. Well, well if, if you're disappointed at all with my speaking, Daniel will be on next Sunday, <laughs> and he will hit a home run, all right? Uh, so thank you for being here. And uh, I enjoy coming to Grace and meeting your leaders, and I believe you have a great future. God's doing a great thing in your midst, and he's going to do even greater things as it happens. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. The uh, time will go fast, at least for me, and so I'm going to move right in. You know that your pastor trusts me and loves me, so I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I really like this guy. <laughs> you didn't say it. <laughs> you only shook your head. That's, that's telling. <laughs> okay. So, you know you're in good ground. If you trust me, I'm not going to do anything weird. And I pastored for a long, long time and uh, have some uh, great churches behind us and um, I want to go to the Bible with you, and we're going to talk about one thing this morning, and we're going to pray it and do it 
and believe it, that it will happen in your life. Um, one of the great Bible themes and Bible words is the word favor. Everyone say favor. And, you know, when we say, will you do me a favor? Boy, that's a favorite thing you did. You know, we understand that in some context. When you talk about God's favor, you're talking about a sovereign thing and much bigger, much greater, uh, much deeper, much wider, much more potential. So if you say to someone, if you happen to see it or say it, and uh, I've said it to people, and people have said it to me, where you say to someone, boy, it just seems like God favors you, or the favor of God's on your life, or, and they're telling you about something, and say, well, you know, that sounds like the favor of the Lord is upon you, because that's, that's what we sense, even if we don't understand the whole ball game of it. We sense that there's something special that God is doing for that person, something special that's happening on that life. Now, have you done that where you saw something special going on and you, and you said to someone or someone said to you, ah, so-and-so just seems to be such a special person. They, you know, things happen for them and the business. You know, hear about the business they just got or, you know, they just got married. Oh, they're marrying such a great guy or a great girl or something else happened. Somebody died in their family and left them a big amount of money. How good is that? I mean, not for the person who died, but for the person <laughs> who gets the money, you know. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I was favored like that. I, I, I wish I had a few special surprises, you know, that I don't seem to get all of those kind of things, but I would like to have them. And uh, I'm here to tell you that you can have them and that you are special and you have some things going on that you're probably not aware of at this point, but I'm going to bring it into focus, I hope, and that you will be able to understand what I'm going to teach this morning called favor encounter, encountering the favor of God. Luke chapter four, verse 16 Luke 4, 16, is uh, the Lord Jesus actually in a synagogue when he's 30 years old at the beginning of his ministry, he's going to quote Isaiah 61. So Isaiah 61 is his context. Remember, there's no New Testament. There's only the old 39 books of the Old Testament that they could use in the synagogue in the days of Jesus, days of Paul. There were, there were no New Testament books. And so Jesus is in the synagogue. He's in the town that he was raised in, Nazareth. The town is only about 6,000 people. Jesus is a carpenter. Everybody knows his family, knows his father. And Jesus had brothers and sisters, by the way. And so the whole family attended uh, this little synagogue in Nazareth, the 6,000 people, little rural community. Uh, Jesus built tables and stuff for people like a carpenter would do. Everybody knew who he was. And unlike some of the other books written about Jesus, there was no manifestation of Christ's uh, sonship and being the supernatural man he was. There was no manifestation of turning clay birds into real birds or doing things. You know, you read some of the uh, history and some of the uh, myths that they write about Jesus. The Bible knows nothing about that, so I don't think it's right. Uh, I just kind of stay with what the scripture says, and that's what what I teach, you know. But this is the first. This is the first right here. Even before Cana of Galilee, where he does his first miracle. This is the first turning point of Christ's life from the carpenter to the son of God, from the air that he lived in now to a brand new air, and he's entering into this. Now, what is so different about Luke 4 is that Isaiah prophesied 700 years prior to Luke 4. And Dr. Luke, who wrote one of the Gospels, is recording this, And Isaiah is one of the most quoted prophets from the Old Testament. So the reading that morning was Isaiah 61. They're going to read that in the synagogue. They have 
the reader that's chosen before the time of the service, just like we would have agendas today, they had agendas. And so Jesus is actually going to be the reader, which is a supernatural thing, that he was actually going to read a prophecy from Isaiah. But the prophecy is about him. And so for the first time in that synagogue, and actually in all of history, for the first time, the prophet, the prophecy, and the fulfillment, and the person it's going to be fulfilled in are all in the same room. And that person is actually reading the prophecy about himself, and that prophecy is going to start a new era, a new thing, a new ministry, a new open heavens, a, a, a new covenant, a new... Everything was going to change on this day. This is what Isaiah prophesied, but nobody knew when it would happen. And so now Jesus is standing up on that day, and he's reading, pick it up with me, Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Saturday, the Sabbath. He stood up to read, and he was handed. He didn't choose the manuscript. It was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, which is Isaiah 61, and then he starts, Spirit of the Lord is upon me, but he is the me. He's reading, and he's the fulfillment. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive. This is his job description. Now, for the next three and a half years, Christ is actually going to do every single one of these things. This is no longer theory. It's no longer just Old Testament doctrine. This is going to be Christ's job description. His ministry is going to have an anointing that will heal the broken, bring liberty to people that are in all kinds of captivity, mentally, spiritually, physically. Uh, he's going to actually not just talk about bringing sight to the blind. He will heal the blind. Now, no one in all history of Bible has ever done these things together. He's the first guy. There's never been an era in the Bible history that these people knew that there was open heaven that every person could have a miracle. Those miracles were reserved only for the priests, the kings, and the prophets. That's what you'll read in the Old Testament. The normal person is far and few between, a Ruth here and there and a few others. Most were kings and prophets. But now Jesus is saying, I'm coming, and this is a new day, and I'm going to speak to people, and there's going to be a spirit on me, so that if you have a broken heart, it can be healed. And if you need liberty, I can, I can bring it. And if you're blind... Even though you've never even imagined a blind person seeing, you could see. And if you're in any kind of captivity of oppression, I'm going to take it off of you. And then he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the word favor. That's the subject we're on this morning. Where Jesus says to them, today, today is actually the beginning of a new year. Even though it wasn't the beginning of their January 1 or their calendar year. But he was saying in the prophetic realm, the supernatural realm, and in God's calendar. This is actually happening in God's calendar. Because Jesus' ministry starts on this day. will go for three and a half years. And for the next three and a half years, there will be open heavens everywhere Jesus goes. There's open heavens. There's healings. There's supernatural stuff that has never happened. The Pharisees don't have it. The Sadducees don't have it. The synagogues don't have it. The temple doesn't have it. The priest doesn't have it. No one else has ever done this. But now Jesus steps up and says, it's a new day. 
And this new day is a day of favor. It starts today at the beginning of your year. And if you have ears to hear, and if you would believe, if you would reach for this, you could actually enter into a year of favor. And whatever has been behind you, a year of judgment or a year of consequence or a year of weirdness or all kinds of brokenness and everything you've, you've come through, I'm telling you right now, if you can just be in this little Nazareth synagogue for a few minutes and believe with me, a new year is starting for your life. And you will move forward and you will see these things happen. And you got to know, there were some people sitting there and the guy looked around and says, ah, you know, that's different. I know that's Joseph and I know that's Jesus, but it doesn't make sense. Why is that? The virtue, and it says this later on in the same chapter. I'm not making this up. The virtue coming from him is, I don't know, I can't explain it. It's there's, there's something in this room that I've never felt this before. Have you ever felt this before? Well, no, not really, but that is the carpenter, you know? I mean, what more can he do? I mean, that's why it says later on, Jesus could do only a few miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief of familiarity. They were so used to synagogue and so used to Jesus that when God tried to move in, it was like, nah, that can't happen. Now, could I just cut to the chase and say to you right here in San Antonio this morning, you that are sitting here in that little blue chair, gray chair, whatever color it is, and you're sitting there and you come from your life, little life, big life, bound life, blind life, uh, hurt life, broken life, uh, lack, lack life, no finance life, job you don't want, the marriage is not doing that great, kids that could be better, um, and, you know, the kids, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And so you have all these things that are going on. Could I say to you this morning, right now, in this service, you as an individual, if you could reach, if you could just maybe agree with me and for your own life, that today could be a reset calendar day for you that actually God could reset a calendar for your life, that actually could say, today is the beginning of a new year for you. Now, your neighbor might say, ah, oh, he's just a kind of a hyper-faith preacher, you know, everything's positive. I'd rather be that than everything's negative. I'd rather be faith than unbelief. I'd rather be saying to you, go for the best instead of don't bother, it will never happen. I'm the guy who is saying, in God, it's possible to reset your calendar. So I want you to reset with me and I want you to believe this. Now believe this. That today could be a turning point day for you to have the next 12 months a favor. That your year will be the best year you've ever had on planet Earth. You will see more turnarounds, more miracles, more answered prayers, and more healing in your heart and your family than you could ever imagine. And there were people sitting there that were saying, I know he's saying that, but I'm not sure. And they never followed him anywhere. They didn't do anything. But I guarantee you, I guarantee it. There were some people in that room that followed Jesus around. That said, wherever he goes, I'm going to go see. Whoa, the blind are really seen. And miracles are... I'm going to go get Aunt Susie who has leprosy and I'm going to go find my son who lives in another village and I'm going to go find my friend who is crippled in his leg and I'm going to drag him up the hill. He's saying, why you drag me? Just don't worry about it. You just got to go see this guy. And I'm sure there were some of those people whose families were healed and miracles came into their house and their wives were healed and their children were healed because they heard the word, it's a new day. Wow. Yeah, that's so Favor is here. Wow. 
you can believe, I'd suggest you do, that this is a prophetic day for you. That this is a, a maybe day. A maybe, maybe what has been is not a prophecy on what will be. Maybe. Maybe there's so much more for you that you're giving up on, you're leaving on the table, you're leaving it behind, and God is saying, pick it up, believe for it, reach for it, open the heaven. Don't you understand what I can do? And we get so beat up and so limited that sometimes we won't even reach, we won't even try to get the crumbs off the table, we won't believe for anything. But I'm here to try to, at least through your faith, for a few minutes this morning to say to you, would you please open your heart and say, God, reset my calendar. Let today be my turning point and let this be the beginning of my year of favor. One translation says this last phrase, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One translation says, to announce the year of the Lord's favor that it has already begun. Another one says, the favor that God is announcing is that God is ready to act this year. To proclaim the time of the Lord's favor is to say, yes, you can do whatever you want. I would like you to think about that as a principle now. Yes, you can do whatever you want. Yes, this is the year for you to act. Yes, the devil has beat me up a little bit. Life has been a little funny. Things have not worked out the way I thought. But you know what? I'm going to go to the higher level. I'm going to believe that Jesus is in the room. I'm going to believe that Jesus is for me. And I'm going to believe that my year has been set and favor is on its way. Here's my definition. You should write it down, pray it all week, all year. Make it your favorite prayer. A line in our life, this is my definition, taking all the different Hebrew and Greek words for what is used to define favor and putting it in a modern vernacular, this is what you come up with. A line in our life with God's blessing and grace and favor that positions us. Now, this in your Bible, this is what favor does. If you read through the Josephs, and the Moses, and the Gideon, and the Ruth, and you start going through all the people where it says, and the favor of the Lord was upon them. These are the things that happen. They had increased influence. Where they were a nothing in the prison, before you know it, they're the prime minister of the country. I would call that increased influence. Supernatural turnarounds. Things that are going absolutely the wrong way are turned around. Limitations broken, where you can't get through, you can't break through the enemy, you can't see the victory. Dreams awaken. Things that you have let die, things that you have given away, things that you used to have, but now you have all the excuses. Well, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't have the money, I'm married, I don't have the time, I don't have the education, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like, I like, I like, I like, I like, I like. Some people, their middle name should just be lack. 
because that's what they see about themselves. Everything is a lack. I can't do that because I can't do that because I want you to understand that in the year of Jubilee, the year of favor, lack can be turned to mighty provisions. And God has everything you need to move forward. But you can't move forward unless you move forward. It's hard to drive a parked car. And it's hard for God to bless a person that doesn't move. What would have happened if, if Jesus said to Peter, get out of the boat. Peter says, I'm just going to dream about it. I'm just going to say I did. I'm just going to say I did. Did you get out of the boat? Yeah, in my mind, I got out of the boat. What would have happened if Peter would have said, what of all, all you guys think about me getting out of the boat? Well, Peter, you always do stupid things, and that would be another stupid thing. You don't walk in water. You can't get out of the boat like this. What are you trying to prove? I mean, you're full of pride. You're full of weirdness. You got fantasies. I mean, you always are thinking not only out of the box, but out of mind. You're silly. You're stupid. You're weird. You're, you're, and you're talking about the first pope. Think of that. No, I, uh, if you're Catholic, you missed that. Peter got out of the boat. And I'm sure when he put that hand on that rail and, you know, here it goes and he jumped and he landed on the water and then he didn't sink. Can you imagine the emotion when he didn't sink? I have to believe he glanced back at John and said, hey, what do you think? You didn't jump, did you? No. You can't really experience the great provisions of God Unless you jump a little bit. Get out of the boat. Go apply for the job. That When we were buying our first property, I think I told that one, I speak so many different places, I don't know what I say. But we were 31. We were 31 uh, on the list to get the property. We are number 31. To even bid for the property. We were starting a multi-site. And the guy said to me, he said, Frank, I have a lot of properties at different places. I said, I don't want you to show me anything. I want that property. He says, Frank, you can't have that property. You're naive. You're, you're, uh, if you don't, you know, I hope you don't get offended, but you're ignorant when it comes to real estate and principles, and that's why you hired me. And I said, okay, let's make a deal. I said, you're also ignorant of God's ways. So I said, the two ignorant people are together. I'm ignorant of your principles, and you're ignorant of my principles. And he kind of sat back, got a smile on his face, and he goes, okay. He says, I got that. I said, since I hired you, my ignorance rules over yours. <laughs> so I want you to do it my way. He says, what? he closed his notebook. He says, what way would that be? I said, who owns the property? He says, a passive guy in New Jersey. He's never even been here. He's an investor. I'm going to go see him. You can't go see him, Frank. He won't even see you. I said, he'll see me. How do you know he'll see me? Because my ignorance better than your ignorance. It's my way. I deal with stuff that doesn't exist. I, I speak things into existence. I believe in the invisible. I, I believe that God makes the last the first. I believe that, that God does funny things with weird people, and I'm one of those people. I actually believe that God can do something in that situation. He goes, I am totally in. This is interesting. But you know what? Long story short, we did go. We saw that man. That man had a grandmother who told him, if you ever have a chance to help the church, you should do it, son. And when he found out 
we were the only one of the 31 people that wanted this property that was going to do a church. When he heard that, he says, well, you know, my grandmother was a great Christian woman. I'm not such a great Christian woman. Then he used a few adjectives to explain himself. He says, but I, I want to do something for the church. And I said, so what's that mean? I said, you're going to give us the building. He says, I can't give it to you like free. But he says, yes, I'll let you have the building. I said, you'll put it in writing. He said, right now, I'll put it in writing. I said, and the other 30 people in line don't count. He said, no, they don't count. If I say they don't count. And I said, you're saying they don't count. He said, that's right. I said, okay, let's, let's do this. We had that building and was inside remodeling before the other real estate agents started coming by. I said, what are you, what are you people doing here? I said, we own the building. No, you don't own the building. Who are you people? Went, yeah, we, we, we bought this building. We bought it. We bought the building. And you, you can check with us later. I might lease you a few square feet. God wants to do for you things that you have to imagine to be good and true and you have to go after that education, that, that whatever it might be. You have to get out of the boat to allow favor to capture you. Favor moves best in bad situations. That's a bumper sticker right there. Okay, take down a couple more scriptures. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.18 the new situation is holy God's doing for he's one who restored us everyone shout the word favor favor. one more time so he restored us to what? come on people do it all together he restored us to what? there you go favor how? through Christ so if you are a believer if you have accepted Christ 2 Corinthians 5.18 is yours that you've been restored to favor you don't even know what the depth and breadth but it's there you have the favor of God now listen to this verse 2 Corinthians 6.2 hear what God says when the time came for me to show you for me to show you now I use these are translation this is GNT when the time came for me to show you favor, now, if you had this translation, you could underline it, but at least take notes. I heard you. I, I heard you. I heard you. And when the day arrived for me to save you, I helped you. I helped you. Listen, this is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved. Sozo is wholeness. And so this verse says, when the time came and favor was right there by you, and you said, God, I need your favor. I need help. I need whatever. I heard you. And I came to help you from that moment on. Would you take a second right now? And would you think of three things? Think of three things that you need in your life right now that without God, you're not going to get them or they're going to be a lot slower than you think or whatever. I want you to think about it in your relationships, your finance, your, your homes, your business, your salvation for your relatives, the people that you're trying to deal with, the reconciliations, restorations of relationship, etc. I want you to think of three things. Put them in your heart. Put them right down in your heart. Then I want you just to say, In your heart right now, I want you to say two words. Help me. I just want you to say to God, 
so that this can be registered in heaven, there was a time that you said, help me. And God says, you know what? I heard that. And you know what I did? I helped you. You know what I did? I listened and I turned and I went to work. I want you right now in your heart just to say, it doesn't matter if you're a bad prayer, no prayer, don't know the Bible, don't even know God. Wouldn't matter one bit for what we're doing right here because God hears the heart. And so in your heart, you need healing, broken pieces, broken stuff, weird stuff, things that have happened that I want you to say, help me, God, help me from this moment on. And God says, you know what? I will. I help you. We're going to turn this around. We're going to dig down and get rid of some of the garbage. You know what? What seems impossible to restore, I'm going to make a way. What seems like you could never overcome that thing, I'm going to help you. Why? Favor responds to the hungry heart that says, help me, help me. You got the definition down for favor already, right? You wrote it down. Yeah. It was on the slide. You got that with the turnarounds and the wide open opportunities. And geez, my time is going again, blah, 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 blah. All right. A couple more scriptures. Ephesians 3.20. God's going to do exceedingly above whatever you think. Psalms 84.11, he won't withhold anything good from you. Psalms 84.11, he won't withhold. That's a great scripture for you to start praying when it comes to the favor of God. Now, I want you to declare these things over your life. I'm going to give you seven in seven minutes, one each minute. All right, are you ready? I want you to take these and use them as your declarations over your life. Look yourself in the eye in the mirror and put your hand on your forehead and declare these things over your life. Number one, declare that you're positioned for favor. You're positioned for promotion. Whatever job, business, whatever, wherever you are, could you possibly move to the place of faith to say, God can favor me right where I'm at. And you know what? There's promotions coming my way. I'm going to get what God has promised. Genesis 39, 21, the Lord was with Joseph, showed him favor, and gave him favor. Where? In the prison. Well, that's about the worst place. I mean, you can't really get a lot of help there, but God says, I can help you no matter where you are. Yeah. Remember, Genesis 39:21. God is working behind the scenes, arranging things that you can't arrange. He is making a way where you can't see it. My grandson, one of his great little phrases he uses with me when we're watching something and the camera goes outside the frame and he wants to see what is going outside the frame because he feels he's missing something. The animal disappears and he can't see it. And he has that thing he says to me all the time, Dad, he calls me Papa, I can't see it. I can't see it. And he says it with such passion, I can't see it. And you know, every time he does that, it just kind of hits me prophetically. That's exactly how it is. I can't see it. 
And God says, well, it's because you only have a small frame. I'm working outside the frame, but I can't see it. I want to see what you're doing outside the frame. You will when it becomes your frame. Right now, it's my frame. And as it's my frame, if I let you see too much, you might try to mess it up. And so I'm going to hide it from you so you can't do anything. You can't mess it up. You can't make a bad decision. You can't put your little fingers in there and start messing around with it. So I'm just going to keep it outside here. And then when I finish with it, I'll bring it in. And then you say, oh, I see what you're doing. God's working on your behalf. And he's keeping it outside of your grubby little hands. (laughs) A businessman. True story. He believed this message I just preached. He believed it for himself. He was already in a good place, but a promotion was coming that was magnificent. He was next in line for that promotion, without a doubt. They passed him by. The other guy got the promotion. He was dumbfounded, discouraged, and a little bit whatever, you know. But he let it go. He served the new guy for about six months. And he had a great attitude. He said, Lord, you're working. I don't see it. One day I got a phone call from another company. said, we'd like to interview you for a job. He said, well, I'm not interested in moving from my company or moving from my city. But they said, at least come see us. So they flew in. He met him at the airport hotel. And they were in a conference room. They were talking. And uh, he had already decided he wasn't going to take the job. But he was wanting to see what they might say. And who knows, God might be doing something here. And so they said to him, we really want you for all these reasons, blah, blah, blah. And they said, "Uh, we have a salary in mind. But we would like you to write down what salary you would like from us. What would you like us to do? So he wrote down. He was going to scoot it across the table. And he pulled it back. And he says, well... He said, why don't you write down yours first? And they looked at each other, three guys, and they said, sure, okay. So they wrote down, scooted across the table. It was twice the amount he had written down. And so when he got theirs, he was shocked, and so he's staring at it, and they thought he was offended. And so they said, give give that back to us. (laughs) So he scooted it back. They doubled it again. So now, now he's four times, he's four times over what he already thought was a great salary to ask for. And they scooted it back to the table to him again. And he looked at it and now he is in shock. (laughs) He's looking at this and he's thinking, scoot it back one more time. One, (laughs) one, One more time. But they might say, never mind. But he did. He scooted it back. And they looked at each other. They said, excuse us. They went out, talked, came back, sat down. They added, they didn't double it, but they added another layer with more benefits. This guy walks out of the room with about seven times as much salary as he had, with better benefits, better position, in a greater company. Why? Because God's at work doing things you can't see. So what looks like a setback is a setup. What looks like a disappointment is an appointment. What looks like I'm losing, God says, you're not losing. 
I just wish I could shake some sense into you, Frank. You're not losing. I'm losing. God, I am losing. God says, you're not. There's, it's not the end of the story. I'm doing two studies right now. One on Jacob, because I limp, and he limped, and he was such a great man. I'm believing my limp will be a great limp. And I'm doing a study on Ruth. And the book of Ruth, oh my goodness, I can't wait to preach that series somewhere sometime. But you talk about turnarounds and surprises and setups and weird things and everything that happened. She changed her name to bitterness. She, I mean, everything was taken. She lost everything. There was no reason to even live anymore. She thought it was over. And all of it, her husband dies. Her two sons die. The whole thing is a setup. The setup. Okay, I was going to give you seven points <laughs> in seven minutes. But here's my favorite phrase for this first point. Declare your opposition for promotion. Here's my, my best phrase. Are you ready? If you see a turtle on a fence post, you know it didn't get there by itself. Thus saith Frank. If you see a turtle on a fence post, you have to step back and say, turtles don't climb fence posts. How did you get? You know it didn't get there by itself. Now, I want you to say out loud with me, and I am that turtle. God's going to put me on a fence post? No, I'm talking. You're not talking. God is going to put me on a fence post, and people are going to say, how did you get on that fence post? And you're going to say, I'm the turtle that nobody knows about. But I have a turtle fence post god who takes ugly little turtles and puts them in great places. And that's me. What a great way to end the service. I'm a turtle for the kingdom of God. You can come. <laughs> Usually at the churches I go to, when my time's up, they start with uh, a keyboard player that starts playing quietly. <laughs> then if I don't quit, they go a little bit more. <laughs> then pretty soon the guitar player comes, and then the Phantom of the Opera starts playing more. <laughs> and they're saying, you've got to quit. Okay, this is service number two. Service number three, I'm going to give the other six points. So if you have nowhere to go, you can be very blessed to come back. And we would, we would even let you give an offering twice. All right, stand to your feet. How many got something out of this? Come on. How, how many... you still there? Oh yeah, you are. If you reset your calendar this morning, lift your hand. Said I reset my calendar. Man, what a great thing right there. If you just leave this morning saying I reset my calendar today, it's my year of favor, blessing, and good things and nothing's going to be withheld. First person you see, the very first person you see wherever you go in a restaurant or home or anybody else and they say how was your day and what are you doing? I want you to say to them, I reset my calendar, and this is my best year ever. 
People ask me everywhere I go, how are you? I respond the same way. Everywhere I go, top of the game, top of the dream, couldn't be better. Because I'm leveling up to the thing. How are you doing, sir? Are you okay? Then I had this one woman, this, this woman I could have choked her, actually. But I'm standing there at the, you know, the security check-in, and I don't have my shoe off because I have a brace. And she says, sir, are you 75 years old? I said, ma'am, do I look 75? She said, well, I didn't say that. I said, you did. You asked me. I, if I was 20, you wouldn't ask me if I was 75. So I must look like I'm 75. I started arguing with this lady. And the other police guy came up and said, no, she didn't mean that. She said, I said, no, she said I look 75. I said, I want you to take it back. says, you don't look 75, sir. I said, thank you very much. And you don't look 75 either. You are blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. Clock's reset. Come on, people. Lift both hands to Jesus. Just just spread your hands toward heaven. Father, I pray for blessing, favor, honor, good things to happen over these lives. Marriages, jobs, promotions, turnarounds, miracles, healing, heart surgeries women that can't have children will have children people that have never adopted will adopt a child people that have never started a business will start a business people that have never had a great salary will get a great salary relationships that haven't worked will start working 